Food Heals Podcast, episode 170. If you're happy, you are attractive and therefore hotter. So The true. best thing that you can do to immediately increase all of those things is to decide to be happy no matter what. Holistic Voice presents the Food Heals Podcast with your hosts, Alison Melody and Susie Hardy. Join the Food Heals Nation and learn the secrets to go from feeling unwell to healing yourself. Warning, side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, an increase in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings for kale and quinoa, and a spike in Tinder matches. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to actually start using their $39.99 a month gym membership. If you experience any of these symptoms, Snapchat your trainer immediately. All right. Welcome, Food Heals Nation. Thanks for joining us. I'm Allison Melody. And I'm Susie Hardy. Today, we wanted to catch up on some of your burning questions that have been emailed to us, messaged to us, or have been posted in our Facebook group. And as a reminder, for the fastest response, post any questions in our Facebook group at foodhealsgroup.com, because not only will Susie and I weigh in, but also members of our community sometimes have better answers than we do. So don't be shy. That's right. Ask us anything. Also, in today's episode, we're also going to give you some tips and tricks to becoming the healthiest, happiest, hottest person you know. I want to be that. I know. I didn't know we knew all that. Hopefully, we're going to find out. (laughs) The Food Heals Podcast starts now. So, Susie, do you realize we are now at 170 episodes? That's <laughs> amazeballs. I, that's a lot. That's a lot of episodes. I can't believe it's been 170. I know. So we'll be at 200 in the not too far away future. That's exciting. All right. Well, let's start with a tip. So we're going to give you our tips becoming hotter, healthier, and happier. So my first tip to becoming the healthiest, happiest, hottest person you know is to do something that you love every single day. That's a good one. Thanks. So in order to vibrate on the frequency of joy, we need to experience joy. So like, what do you love to do? Like Susie, give me an example. I love to dance. Ooh, I love to dance too. So mm-hmm. do you try to dance every day? Do you dance once a week? What What's your Truth dancing be told, schedule? I do not dance as much as I should because I always feel like I save it for like going out with my girlfriends or mm-hmm. taking ballroom classes with Mike. But there have been those times where I just start busting moves in my bedroom and it makes me dance. (laughs) I don't dance as much as I should. That's what happens to me too. It's like something will come on TV or something and I'm walking around the house and like it's a good song and I just start dancing and I'm like, whoa, I'm really happy now. This this song just amped me up. (laughs) I remember being really bummed out about something long time ago. I was with two friends and they're like, dance and I was Mm -hmm. like no I don't feel like it I'm pretty bummed out and they're like yeah that's why we're making you dance because if you dance you can't be bummed out anymore and I did they made me do it they wouldn't give up and it totally changed my mood you know what's really interesting to me as a kid I took a lot of dance class I did ballet tap and jazz I was on the kick line in high school like I really loved it always have and I think as Americans in this culture we don't Mm -hmm. dance enough like if you go to Europe or if you go to Africa there are certain cultures that know, especially in Africa, I haven't been, but from what I know, like it's part of just who they are. It's part of their culture. It's how they celebrate. We do at weddings or we do if we go to clubs or, mm-hmm. but I, I think as America, we just don't dance enough. I'm talking about it now. I'm going to do it more. I'm going to dance my butt off wherever I am. Yeah. So Food Heals Nation, what do you love to do every day? Whether it's dancing, painting, maybe you're a graphic designer, maybe you're a writer, maybe you're a singer, maybe you're a podcaster, maybe you love running, you know, spending time with loved ones, your family, your kids, whoever it may be. So how can you carve out time in your day on a regular basis to experience what 
brings you joy because those moments, the little moments that bring us joy, even if it's dancing for five minutes or less, it's like that will begin to extend into all areas of your life, right? Absolutely. And a lot of people might be thinking, oh, I don't have time to do what I love. I'm too busy, too stressed, too sad. Then it's fine. Start small. Carve out those five minutes and then be grateful for those five minutes and then see how things start to shift. Celebrate that five minutes that you are able to get in of whatever it is. And it may even, sometimes the fi- I'll sit down and do something for five minutes and then it'll end up being hours of my time and I'm in a joyful state so I don't stop. And so it's really just something you want to do every day because we live these stressed out lives. And if we're not doing what we love every day, that can lead to resentment, anger, hurt, you know, all of these things. we got to have an outlet of creativity, of joy every single day. Couldn't say that better myself, Allie. Absolutely. This is kind of vital to life. Like so many people, I think, wait until they're retired or they say, I don't have time. I can't do it. I can't squeeze it in. You can always yeah. squeeze in five, 10 minutes. You can always squeeze in a half hour. I remember when I first started writing, I thought, I, which I loved doing, I remember I was like, oh, I have to carve out three hours of write. No, actually, a lot of people write books when they first start writing and they carve out 20 minutes a day. Yeah. So it's yep. just about, it's about making that a priority. And it's actually, it doesn't even matter what it is. It's more about what you're telling yourself and you're, you're kind of telling your own self, I'm important enough to do the things I love to do, not just yeah. work, not just cook, not just pay the bills, but right. really enjoy my life. That is such a good point. We have to celebrate every single day. You know, we're these beings that can do anything we want, really, and not be, you know, sucked down into the worries of the bills and all of that stuff that doesn't really matter in the scheme of things. And I love this quote from Oprah that kind of sums this up. She says, the more that you praise and celebrate your life, the more there is in life to celebrate. Amen, Oprah. I love Oprah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Who doesn't love Oprah? All right, Food Heals Nation. So celebrate every day. Do something you love. And let's go to our first question. And just FYI, Food Heals Nation, sometimes we don't have all the answers. Surprise, surprise. I know. Crazy. Crazy, I know. Don't tell them that. Oh, sorry. I just let you in on a little secret. secret. Sure, we don't. But we love getting your questions. And when we don't have all the answers, we reach out to other people who do have some of the answers to answer your questions. So today you're going to learn from us, but you're also going to learn from some of our favorite people. So, Susie, what's our first question? Our first question comes from Sheena by email. That is such a cool name. I know. You ladies are my go-to girls for everything health and wellness. So first, I just want to say thank you for what you do. Aw, thanks, Sheena. You have inspired me to change so many unhealthy habits. I went from doing no exercise at all to working out three to four times per week. Wow, that's awesome. And eating a vegetarian, gluten-free diet. But here's my question. I have a saggy butt. (laughs) And, And I know I can look up exercises online, but I wanted to come to you first. Any advice on how to tone this sag? I mean, first, I just want to say, Sheena, you are not alone. I work out all the time and I have not figured out all of these secrets yet because like I'm not a personal trainer. I have no formal training. I just love moving my body, but I don't know how to do certain things. So luckily, Susie and I know someone who does. We do. And actually, we reached out to Ella Majors, the sexy fit vegan, to spill her sexy booty secrets. And after we play this clip, I'm going to let you in on my secret for a toned and tight booty. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Roll it, Roxy. 
So how do we get that sexy booty? And what is a sexy booty? Are we are we talking Kardashian booty? Are we talking like super tone booty? Like what is the sexy booty these I, days? I'm going to answer that. I'm going to jump in, Ella. Sorry. Please. I think no, okay. a sexy booty is like you're the fit version of your own. I agree. I don't. I just wanted someone to say it. I, I don't get, I don't know. I, I don't get this obsession of bigger is better. I mean, if that's, if you're curvy and that's what you got, flaunt it, work it highlight it but but don't fake but bigger. don't fake bigger just <laughs> it, uh, yeah I don't get it I don't get it Ella what do you think yes <laughs> well I I agree I agree I I think that everybody's got their own version of what they want to you know turn around and see in the mirror on their own bodies and I think that's what's important you know I'm I'm a white girl I grew up with a white girl booty Mm -hmm. and I was like ready to change that and I got into the fitness industry and I started I started doing the exercises I needed to do to change that no I never developed a Kardashian booty but that's not you know that's not gonna happen for me that's not your body type that's not my body type it's not gonna that's that's just never gonna be mine unless I got implants which I absolutely have no desire to do (laughs) um but but yeah so it was about figuring out those exercises really and it is about you know getting in your protein as I'm vegan obviously it's 22 years vegan Amazing. and so I built my muscles my physique on plants alone mm-hmm. um so that is absolutely possible and the butt is just it's a muscle like or it's a series a group of muscles just like other parts of your body so you want a big bicep you work biceps you want a big booty you work booty so yeah so it's about getting in the right exercises and, and really to build as opposed to just toning so depending on what you're looking to do with your butt. Um, <laughs> how many things can, well, I, well, I won't go there. Well, how many things can you do with your butt? Let's just talk there. about physiology, ladies. The butt is, is, helps us to walk. That's what it does. Oh, thank you. Sure you're welcome. Not. I wasn't sure. I mean, beyond, <laughs> beyond the. And it helps us to sit. And it helps us to sit. <laughs> it well, cushions the bones. It, it cushions the bones, but it's, the muscles are meant to help us uh-huh. to walk. Okay. That's what they do. Thank you. That's Walk why runners and, squat and sit and jump and yeah, and, that, and that's why it. runners have such high tight butts because yes. they're running especially the the like sprinters yes yeah absolutely um, so are you are you ladies happy with your butts it's actually my least of my problem areas I'm okay oh, with nice. my butt I'm I'm good with I my like butt. my butt I you know I turned forty this year and I've noticed that um, my body has decided to put a little extra cushion back there oh so I do need to do a bit more toning. Than I used mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. I used to be pretty lucky. Um, things have shifted. But, <laughs> but I'm no. pretty happy with it. I'm pretty happy with it. You yeah. have such a good body. Oh, thank you. What about my butt? We're talking no. about the butt. Yeah. I love your butt. <laughs> thank you. Allison likes my butt. I do. I'm pretty, ha- I'm pretty happy with it. Thank you for yes. asking. <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah, I've done an episode on abs, and that's more, more diet than anything. Mm-hmm. But, yes, everything's you know, diet related in some regards, but really to build and most people are looking to get a little bit more of a firm, kind of nice tones, tight butt, right? <laughs> so so that is a, a really an exercise um, oriented thing. And squats and lunges are gonna be your best friend. And the cool thing about squats and lunges, and, and it seems like, you know, we all here, of course, do squats, do lunges, but there's so many different varieties of squats and lunges that work your body in different ways and work different muscles and different 
parts of the butt. And so there, if the more of a variety of squats and lunges that you can do, the better there's, you know, moving, there's a difference between going forward with your right foot, going down into a lunge. Whereas if you step back with your left foot, you're working your right butt cheek both times, but you're working them in different ways. So stepping front, doing walking lunges is different than doing back, back stepping lunges. Sure. So when we say, oh, I want to do, and I do like little squat challenges with my clients and my, and my website and everything. But I always say, okay, this week we're doing this kind of squat. And this week we're doing this kind of squat. And we're doing plyometrics where we're jumping and getting that power and working different fibers of your muscles in different ways. So it, it's a little bit of a commitment, but it's definitely, it it's works. It works. So finding those, that right routine where you're doing a different variety of, of and then if you're looking to build, you're, you're, you are looking at doing a little heavier weight if you're looking to build more muscle. And then you might need to add a little more vegan protein into your diet to, to build that muscle. So it, it's a balance. It's depending on kind of what your goals are specifically. So add weight um, to bulk up. Uh, yes, that's standard. If you're wanting to really bulk up toning and tightening, that's a different story. You can do that with light weights and lots of repetitions. Um, but if you are looking to like build muscle, then yes, um, adding heavier weights, making sure you're doing it with proper form, of course, is very, very important because with heavier weights comes the risk of, of injuring yourself. So, but yeah, so you want to have somebody there with you. If you're going into the heavy weights and you're not sure if your form is correct, it's very, very important to have a professional helping you with that. All right. I love Ella. She's so fun. So Susie, you said you had a secret to spill as well. I do. And that's actually, it's how I know of Ella. That's the really awesome part. Ella was a fitness model in this great workout called Brazilian Butt Lift. When Ali showed me her book, when she was going to first be on our podcast, I saw her and I was like, oh my God, I know of her. Not to mention, Ali also went to high school with her. So we have a connection to the... So love. crazy. I know. We have a connection to Ella. I know. She's awesome. She's full of great tips and recipes. But I first knew of her when I my friend recommended the Brazilian butt lift workout. You can get it from Beachbody. You can still get the DVD. Um, you can also stream it. They offer that as well. It is such a great workout for your butt. It tones. It lifts. It gives you a nice little firm, tight booty, and it's fun. It was designed by a guy, the trainer, Leandro. He used to train Victoria's Secret models. So there you go. If you're looking to really focus on your saggy butt, I swear to God, <laughs> you do just one or two weeks of his workouts, and that will not be a problem anymore. It's really, really effective. And just congratulations to you, Sheena, for all the changes you're making. You know, as you're changing your diet and working out more, you're going to just keep seeing more and more results that you want. So I'm really excited for you and your journey. Thanks for your question. So, Suze, what's mm. your tip for becoming the healthiest, happiest, hottest person you know? My tip for being the healthiest, happiest, and hottest person is... We're going to keep saying that the whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> the Triple H. To be the Triple H. Triple H. Um, that's how we're going to refer to it now. Is to make up your mind to be happy. Now, mm. I know that sounds really simplistic, it's simple, but not necessarily easy, especially if you're unhappy in your life right now. But hear me out. I've had depression throughout my life. I always thought that my external circumstances, when I did this, when I achieved that, when I got married, when I had a kid, when I got bought a house, when it, whatever it was, I always thought those external things were going to give me happiness. Mm -hmm. And guess what? I achieved many of those what? things. <laughs> I'll tell you, I achieved many of those things and I didn't feel the way I thought I was going to. I didn't have the happiness 
that I thought those external things were going to give me. It was a, a weird realization and I had to do a lot of reflection and reading and therapy to realize that mm -hmm. your happiness is a choice. Now, if, yeah. you have, if you're suffering from depression, sometimes you need a little bit of help in that arena because sometimes that can be biochemical and it's also how you view the world and it can yeah. be nutritional. But the biggest turning point for me in becoming happier, healthier, and hotter, because when you're happy, you are healthier. <laughs> Your body yes. re um, releases certain hormones when you're happy that actually boost your immune system. And yes. when you're happy, no matter what your butt, what shape, if even if your butt is still saggy, no, if you're happy, you are attractive and therefore hotter. So, yes, so the true. best thing that you can do to immediately increase all of those things is to decide to be happy no matter what. And trust me, from someone who was <laughs> negative most of her life, had very kind of a negative outlook on things, pessimistic, I, I think it's more of a defense mechanism. This was not always, this wasn't easy for me to turn around and sometimes still isn't because I go to my default of being negative. But right. there is always something that you can be appreciative of. And there's always, you know, something to be happy for, whether that be petting your dog or your cat, saying hello to your spouse. It's a really a shift of the a mindset and it deciding really, I'm going to be happy no matter what. I love your tip. And I totally agree. Some people will hear this and go, oh, that's easy. And some people will hear this and go, that's impossible. And so for those that are erring on the side of that sounds really hard or that sounds impossible to choose happiness in every moment, well, it is hard. So some people might need a way to get into that place of happiness. And that's gratitude. Yeah. Here's something that if there's anyone out there that's going, that's impossible, I get it because I've been negative most of my life too. But you really can do it. And um, I have this wonderful little book. It's called Believing in Myself by Ernie Larson and Carol Hegarty. Mm. And it's daily meditations for healing and building self-esteem. And it's broken down into dates, the, every date of the year. And you just flip to whatever date for that day. And it always starts with a, a little quote and a little paragraph, and then kind of a mantra at the end. So I'm going to read this one um, is particularly great. This was actually for September 8th, but I'm going to read it today. During his lifetime, an individual should devote his efforts to creating happiness and enjoy it. And that's by Chen Tu Tzu. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. I'm assuming that's some kind of Chinese sage. Okay. Mm -hmm. Happiness is not a constant for anyone, but our capacity for it is. There is never a time in our lives when we cannot strive for happiness. Yet striving for happiness is a different proposition than wishing to be happy. Many of us have slipped into a passive role. We wait for happiness. We hope for it. We complain if we go too long without it, but we stop actively striving to be happy. Yet to strive is to try. It is to consciously make plans and consistently keep to those plans in the pursuit of the desired goal. People who achieve any worthwhile goal are strivers. There's no other way it could be. Excellence is but the polished face of practice. So too, in the pursuit of self-esteem, we must learn to be steady strivers. We must get off the bench and do our daily readings, practice the positive word, avoid those people and places that would cast us down. All the step-by-step -step behaviors that ultimately result in our reaching the goal. My happiness is a result, not a gift. Well, I think that our natural state is perfect love, joy, and happiness, but we're taken out of that state because of our circumstances and because we allow these outside circumstances to affect us. And it's no fault of our own. We don't know better. But once we learn and we do know better, then we can actually take those steps to get back to happiness, to get back to joy, to get back to love. And the way that I do that personally, you know, 
I'm not a person that I'm just like you, Susie. I've had many traumas and I've had times where I couldn't even imagine being happy when I'm losing the people that I love and things are happening to me. It feels like all these outside circumstances that I can't control are happening to me. Right. Mm -hmm. So I've definitely been in a place where I didn't feel like this was possible. So if you're listening, you're like, I can't get there. Just trust us and know that with time you will if you put your effort on this. So for example, I have a really, really close friend that just passed away. And it's very, very hard for me to choose happiness every day. It's very, very hard for me to keep working and to keep doing my podcasting and to keep doing my video production clients and to keep working on my dreams and writing and doing all of these things. But I have to choose to be happy. I have to choose to live my life. And the way that I get there is gratitude. So when I feel down, I feel sad, I feel so deeply saddened by the fact that this person is no longer with us and I just want to lay in bed and cry and say, why God, why, why is this happening to his family? Why did this happen to him? I'm so sad. I let that out, let it out and then find the gratitude I am grateful for. And then you complete the sentence and you feel the gratitude, which leads to the love, which leads to a place of peace where then you can choose happiness. That's my process. That's a good one. And I think you also, if you've had, a, if anyone is listening, they've had a loss, you, you have to let yourself grieve too. One of my very good friends, not to diminish Allie's loss because she was uh, sharing with me as her friend was not well. And I'm so sorry for your loss, Allie. Um, you. My very good friend had to put her cat down. Mm. And this is the greatest loss in terms of, besides her grandparents, like, you know, she was just distraught, very distraught. And it was right before her birthday. Look, our pets are our family. They are. And she was having a very hard time. She wanted to numb out. And I said, you know, it sucks and I'm really sorry. And you just have to let it, you have to let yourself grieve. You have to let yourself, it, it's shitty. It feels awful. Mm-hmm. But you have to let it be there in time when you're ready to feel the gratitude that Allie just described. Then it will shift. I agree. So choose happiness, Food Heals Nation. I know we could dedicate an entire episode <laughs> to this topic but we have to move on. So Susie, what is our next question? So this was posted in our Food Heals Nation Facebook group. Lindsay asks, Hey girls and tribe, what are your thoughts on Ripple brand milk as a cruelty-free option? Would you consider doing an episode on plant-based milk in the future? There are so many options. It's hard to determine which one is best with sodium, sugars, and digestion. I know you're supposed to stay away from soy as a rule. No rush. Thanks in advance. (laughs) So cute. So thanks for your question, Lindsay, and thanks for posting in our group. I love plant-based milks, and I've probably tasted them all at this point, but I hadn't done enough research to fully answer this question. But luckily, I know someone who has. She's one of my very good friends, and you've heard her on the podcast many times, the eco-vegan gal, Whitney Lauritsen. So I reached out to her because this is something that she does. She loves looking into vegan products, vegan foods, and comparing and contrasting the health benefits, the taste. This is absolutely what she does. So I reached out to her to answer this question for you. Roll Roll it, Roxy. Hi, Whitney. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I read this question and I knew I wasn't the right person to answer it, but I know that this is a passion of yours researching just different vegan brands and I know that you love to compare and talk about what's the best and why and also you go to Expo East and Expo West every year you try all the plant-based milks all the new vegan foods so I couldn't think of a better person to answer this question about the plant-based milks well thanks it's very true I love trying different vegan products and I will be at Expo East in a week from the day that we're recording this so 
Uh, I don't know if there are going to be anything new, any new milk options this year, but there are already a ton on the market. So I feel like this is going to be a fun topic to discuss. It's such a fun topic. And I will say, I think it was Expo West last year where we discovered the Oatly milk. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, yep. my God. If anyone's <laughs> listening, that Oatly milk is the creamiest plant-based milk I have ever yep. tasted. Agreed. And it's starting to get into coffee shops. We've got a number of coffee shops here in LA. Hopefully it's going to go wider and go to more places. It is so good. I, I 100% agree. I'm a little obsessed with it. Oh my God. Okay. So the question first was, what are your thoughts on Ripple brand? I like Ripple. I think Ripple is is a really cool brand. It's made with some different ingredients. It's one of the most unique vegan milks out there, or as as actually we legally have to call it right now, non-dairy beverages. Oh my and, God. Um, yeah, there was like a, you know, lawsuits from the dairy industry all the time and whatever. If you want to call it vegan milk casually in your own life, I don't think there's an issue with that because yeah, non-dairy right. beverage does not sound that great. It does not so, sound that good. Ripple is one of the newer brands. And what's cool about it is it's made from pea protein amongst some other ingredients. It's not my favorite in terms of taste and texture, but I I don't hate it. <laughs> I will still drink it. I, I actually tr- experimented with it a bunch because my sister drinks it. And so I tried their creamer. I tried, I think, their chocolate milk. And I thought it was really nice. It's just not my favorite. I really like the design, the package. I like the fact that they are you know have a unique ingredient in it. But it is a little on the process side. And... Um, the flavor might not be for everybody. I agree. I like it, but it's not my favorite. Um, but I do appreciate that it is GMO-free. It mm-hmm. is There's no carrageenan, carrageenan. I don't even know how to say it, but we know we have to stay away from that, which I know I'm sure we'll get into. Um, there's no soy. There's no dairy, obviously. Right. And it's vegan. And it's great that there are more options on the market. But what are some yes. of your favorites? I wonder if our favorites match. Well, we definitely agree on Oatly. Besides Oatly. (laughs) Yeah, Oatly is number one for me right now. Although I would say since Oatly isn't widely available, I don't drink it very much. It's really an occasional treat. We live in Los Angeles, Allison and I, so it's easier for us. It's very accessible because a number of cafes carry it. But it's not at Starbucks yet. It's not something that you see in Whole Foods or any stores you can purchase it at a few coffee shops. So if you like it that much, you can bring it home with you, which I think is really cool. And you can probably order it online. But it's really like a treat for me. And I'm also really into Oatly's Barista Blend because I like it in lattes, whether it's coffee or tea like matcha. Actually, I'm not even sure if I've tried their regular milk alternative for, you know, pour it into cereal or, or smoothies or whatever else. It's just going to be a, a little less creamy. And the, yeah. the difference with the Barista blend is that it's super creamy. It foams up very well. And I think that's because there's oil in it or, or additional oil. So it makes it really rich and fatty. And mm-hmm. so again, it's good in small doses, but and you, you know, technically you could use that. I put it in smoothies and cereal and all that. Like yeah. it's great for that. But but I would say that that is kind of on the cusp of becoming the next thing. It's a, it's also an international brand. I think they're from like, uh, I don't know if it's the UK or like 
Scotland or something like that. I forget where it's from exactly, but it's slowly getting a presence in the U.S. In terms of one of my top types of milk that's widely available now, it was kind of like the precursor to oat milk. Although I will pause to say that oat milk has been around for a while. Oatly just happens to be the best oat milk that I've tried. So I would encourage people to experiment with trying other oat milks just don't expect it to be quite as exciting. <laughs> the, the more exciting type of milk for me right now that's been around for maybe a couple years now that kind of just came onto the scene is macadamia nut milk. Mm. And there are a number of brands that make it. They sell it at stores like Sprouts and Whole Foods. So if you're in the U.S., it's pretty easy to get. I don't know about other grocery stores carrying it. There's a few brands now. One of them is called Milkadamia. One of them is a... a what's it called royal something they make like the macadamia nuts that you would get like in by the in the bags as mm-hmm. snacks and there's another brand whose name I'm forgetting um but there's there's at least three brands of um uh, mil- macadamia nut milk right now and that's really rich and creamy so similar to the oatly experience if you can't find that i would say go for macadamia nut milk then my go to for years has been coconut milk Coconut milk is not quite as creamy as macadamia nut, but it does have a higher fat content due to the coconut. And depending on which brand you buy and which style of coconut milk, some of them are a little lighter, some of them are a little creamier, richer. I just think it's a wonderful alternative. It has a pretty neutral flavor. If you're super sensitive to coconut flavor, you might be able to detect it. But to me, if I just drink it on its own, it's very subtle coconut flavor. And that also will depend from brand to brand. My favorite brand for coconut milk is So Delicious. And what's cool about it is they have a variety of different types of coconut milk. They have refrigerated coconut milk and shelf-stable. They have sweetened and unsweetened. They have some that's sweetened with stevia, so it's sugar-free but still has a sweetness. They have vanilla and chocolate, you know, like all these different options. And I just have really enjoyed it. That is my go-to, and it's very widely available you should be able to find So Delicious pretty much anywhere, but if you can't, there are a couple other brands that make coconut milks, and those are all worth trying. Um, speaking of So Delicious, they also have a really good line of ice cream. Yes, so that's if you're true. looking, <laughs> yes. I know and we're talking also about made milk, from coconut milk. Yes, and it's it's really good. And I think you know when I started going down this path, I was so disappointed with the ice cream choices. But yes. now there are so many options, and so yep. delicious. It's a really good one, and it's in most grocery stores now. Yes, it is. It's really easy. It's interesting. Some stores will carry their ice cream, but they won't have like their refrigerated milk. So you might need to check in the the shelf stable section of milks. So you know, explore the grocery store, ask, and and go to a few stores, or or call ahead even, or actually you can use a store locator. So if, if for example, if you're looking for So Delicious or Oatly, they both have uh, store locators on their website, so you can go on there and, and check and see which stores carry it. And not everybody thinks to do that. My uncle has been looking for yogurt options, vegan yogurts, and he, it didn't even occur to him to go on a website and and find out where it was 
available. And he's like, they don't have any yogurt to my area. And I, yeah. I went on a few brands' websites and they were at like stores within a few miles from him and he just didn't know. So I would say, you know, you can go to their websites and usually on their menu bar it says store locator or find us. If you click that, you can type in your zip code, sometimes your address, and they'll tell you exactly where you can buy it. So I just did it. I'm on so deliciously dairyfree.com. I did my home address where I grew up. I didn't want to do LA because obviously we have more options, but I just did Brilliant. Chapel Hill. North Carolina, 27514, and so many. It's at CVS, Target, Fresh Market, Weaver Street Market, Harris Teeter, Harris Teeter again. It is everywhere. Mm -hmm. There are so many options. Whole Foods, yes. Whole Foods, CVS, Food Lion, Food Lion, which is kind of <laughs> like the Ralph's. I mean, it's, 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 I don't know. It's not, Harris Teeter is like uh, Bristol Farms, and mm. Ralph's is like Food Lion. You know what I mean? So okay. anyways. There are many options. Walmart. I mean, there it's yep. everywhere. Kroger. Yeah, it's real, and it's a really great brand. They sell a variety of non-dairy products. They actually, Allison. Side note: We could talk about this for a whole episode. I know. Way, but <laughs> so delicious just came out with a vegan cheese, and it is probably my favorite vegan cheese shreds currently on the market. It blew my mind. It's a competitor to Dea cheese and Follow Your Hearts cheeses, which are the kind of the top two vegan shreds in the market. And because So Delicious is available in so many stores, I think their cheese is going to be more available, which makes it easier. Not everybody likes Dea cheese, so this is a nice alternative to that. It has a completely different flavor. It melts differently. And I made some stellar grilled cheese with it. So check out So Delicious as a brand overall. They're just awesome. Plus, we're boycotting Daya right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, everybody, everybody has their own opinions on these brands, so it's nice right. that we have so many, so many options, right? Separate topic, whole other episode. <laughs> Let's go into almond milk. Okay, so almond milk is further down my list personally because I have a sensitivity to almonds. So if you have sensitivity to nuts, that's why like Oatly or Ripple are nice options because they're nut free. And if you have sensitivity to some nuts, like for me, it's almonds, but I can do macadamia and I can do cashew, which we'll talk about. I can do coconut. It's more of a personal preference for me, but almond milk is obviously a very popular choice. You can find it in almost any cafe. Uh, there's so many brands that make products uh, with almonds. Right now, I've, I have tried it. I'm not allergic to it, so I'll try small amounts. And the best almond milk that I've tried that's widely available is from this company called Califia Farms. Mm -hmm. And they make brilliant milks. And they have all these options. Now they do like cold brew coffee with their milks. They do great creamers. And they've got really cool packaging. And those I've seen in a variety of different stores all across the United States. And I think that it tastes fantastic. I, I wish that I could have it more frequently. So I highly yeah. recommend that. And it's Califia with a C. So I just went on their website to do the find a store again. And this time I did my college town. And there are, again, so many options. So this is another one that's widely available. Mm -hmm. uh, next for that is cashew milk. I really like cashew milk. That's becoming a little bit more popular over the past few years. A brand that does a nice job with that is also so delicious. But a smaller company that I've seen popping up in more stores is called Forager. And Forager is a very simple ingredient list, which I really like. One of the things that's a bit of a downside with So Delicious is that they have longer ingredient lists. They add in a few things in there. 
And so it's nice to check out either local brands, which will also be in the non-dairy section, or even sometimes in next to the milks. So that's worth looking into, like, just go to your store and see what options there are. And Forager is kind of like not quite a local brand, but not quite as well-known as Califia or So Delicious or, you know, as easier to find. So you can go on their website as well. And if you do have it nearby, try their cashew milk. It's really nice. Then we have rice milk. Rice milk is kind of old school. It's been around almost as long as soy milk, I feel like, because not everybody can digest soy properly or wants to have soy. And there are a few brands. It's, it's gone down in popularity, but it's also low allergen, which is nice. And one of the brands that's been around a long time that makes really nice rice milk is called Rice Dream. And they have organic rice milk or non-organic. And it's usually shelf-stable. So you'll find it in the boxes, like in the cereal aisle or something like that. And I really like it, actually. It's, it's another one of my go-tos if the coconut isn't available or maybe the coconut prices are are really high you can find rice dream in stores like trader joe's too so you can get it at a really good price yes and so this is one of my top favorites because i grew up on skim milk and now Mm -hmm. that i don't consume dairy the closest thing that i could find that reminded me of that taste and the lightness of that was the rice dream and it is organic like you said and that's what i eat when i have like milk and cookies or cereal i love that flavor and that texture and it's cheap and it's shelf stable so you can keep a lot for a long time without it running out in the refrigerator Mm -hmm. so i really that is one of my favorites and again it's widely available that is in uh, i feel like every store you see it everywhere these days yeah, and I feel like it's got a, a a non-offensive taste to it. It's very neutral. Like you said, it's light. Not everybody's going to like cashew milk, coconut, almond, macadamia. Like a, a lot of these options I brought up, I put those higher on my list because they're very rich and creamy. Yes. And some of the brands do a good job where they taste a lot like milk. Rice milk tends to be, like you said, very light, so it doesn't have much of a flavor. And it's just kind of this subtle background choice, I guess, to a milk. So it really depends on how you're using it. And that's something that you're going to want to experiment with. Some of these milks are going to taste great in cereal. Some are great in smoothies. Some are good in coffees. Some are good if you just want to drink them. Maybe you want a chocolate milk or something. So I say like get to know a number of brands and a number of of choices before you decide you know, which ones you love and which ones you don't care for. Absolutely. And speaking of one that's like, there's two, a couple more options. And there's so many options, actually, like, we're probably not even going to get to some like there's crazy options like hazelnut milk and on and on, because you can make a non dairy milk from almost any nut, many grains, like there's quinoa milk, speaking Mm -hmm. of nuts and seeds like (laughs) that you don't see super frequently, but that exists and quinoa milk kind of tastes like rice milk. The other two that have stronger flavors but actually have some great health benefits to them are flax milks and hemp seed milks. And sometimes those two milks are combined. There's this brand in California that I haven't seen for a while, so I don't know if they're still producing it, called Omega. And they made this incredible flax hemp seed milk, and it tasted almost exactly like milk to me. Wow. But I haven't seen it in stores for a while, which is, I don't know, hopefully they're still around. They also made some really good ice creams. And there are a few brands right now that do separate flax and separate hemp. One of them is called Good Karma. They make a flax milk. And Good Karma, 
I see a lot in stores. I've seen it in Ralph's, which is owned by uh, Kroger, I believe. So that's a, a big chain. And they make non-dairy yogurts. I think they make ice creams as well. And flax milk is nice, but you have to be okay with the taste of flax. Not yes. everybody's going to like that flavor. It's almost like kind of like a bittery flavor, I would say. But what's cool about flax is that it has omega-3 and 6 in it, which is a great thing because a lot of people depend on fish for those and you can get that through flax instead so you get some nice health benefits when you have the milk i don't love the flavor so that's something i'll put in a smoothie because the flavor will be covered up by all the berries and things like that (laughs) exactly and then i get the nutrition from it you know yep and the same goes with hemp milk i feel like hemp milk is a little sweeter than flax milk usually there's a company called tempt with a T and they've been around for several years. They also make non-dairy yogurts and those are, that's nice too. Again, it's just kind of an acquired taste or you either like it or you don't. So something to experiment with if you want to try all of these options. And then of course there's soy milk and and we, we put this lower on the list because soy milk's been around for so long. I feel like most people have tried it, and if they haven't tried it, it's because they're afraid to try it. <laughs> so it's it's kind of like goes hand in hand with veganism in a lot of people's minds. They just think of soy. So right. you've probably tried soy before, and you either enjoy it or you don't. There hasn't been any major developments with soy milks over the years. They, it's pretty standard. There's companies like Silk, which is on the good hand in almost any store, Any grocery store, any cafe, most restaurants have soy milk. I personally avoid soy milk because I have digestive challenges with soy. And then there's also concerns about it being genetically modified if it's not certified organic. And then some people are afraid of it for hormone things, which is a whole other topic. But I'm grateful for soy because I would obviously rather have soy milk in something than dairy or no dairy whatsoever. So... Soy is just kind of what I'll have if it's the last option. Yeah, and I I think this is a good point to make. It's my last option too. In fact, I almost never have it unless I think I had it at an airport because I was desperate for some coffee or something. Right, right. It's like a desperate measure. Yeah, but in general, like I'm, soy doesn't really go well with me. And the other thing is, like you know, there are some brands that get compromised, and that's kind of what happened to Silk. And Mm -hmm. so. The Organic Consumer Association does not want us to support them anymore because they're no longer certified organic. Mm -hmm. They have the natural label, but anytime you see the natural label, there is no standard for natural. So natural means literally nothing. You can put natural on your box, in your title, what have you. It means nothing. It has to be certified organic and silk is Mm -hmm. no longer. And I think they were they were bought out at some point. I forget what happened. Um, by Dean Foods, which is a huge conglomerate. So you've got to know when you're looking at these products, look at who owns the products. And that'll give you a little bit of a story, a backstory on whether or not you trust them. The smaller Mm -hmm. products before they're bought by the big conglomerates are usually better. So the more that you can kind of niche down, the better. But if you don't have an option, then go for the bigger brands. And I think that's kind of the difference. Yeah, you know, it's like if it's an occasional thing, just like anything else, if you have it in in moderation and true moderation, then it's not going to widely affect your health and and all of that. Um, I would also say that this brings up the topic that 
a lot of these different types of milk that I mentioned, it really depends from brand to brand and also from product to product within that brand because they're not all created equally. It was really exciting about a year or so ago, Starbucks started carrying coconut milk in addition to offering soy and almond. And, and that was great for someone like me who doesn't really have soy and almond milk. But the coconut milk they're carrying is so processed. It has all these ingredients and it. it's definitely not a healthy milk. Right. So, you know, just because it's coconut instead of soy doesn't mean that it's automatically better or that the ingredients are good or the sourcing and all of that. So, I would say educate yourself, decide what you're comfortable with, try a variety of these milks, know where you're getting it from each time, and and then don't stress too much if, if it's like a, a special treat or a, de- or a move out of desperation. And, uh, you know, it's, it's really just kind of that experimenting and keeping yourself educated. The last thing I wanted to say, too, is that homemade milk is really the best way to go if you really oh, want to yeah. know exactly what's in something and really control the whole taste and texture experience. Cashew milk, for example, that's my go-to right now. It's so easy to make and it tastes incredible homemade. All you do is take some raw cashews, soak them in water for about eight hours. You can actually get away with a little less. Mm -hmm. Drain them, rinse them, and then add them to a few cups of water in your blender. And any blender will work because they're going to be soft from the soaking. And then you strain it through uh, what's the like word? A cheesecloth. Cheesecloth. Or you can get a special nut milk bag if you're making this regularly, which I have. I love the, they last forever, maybe not forever, but I've had mine for probably close to 10 years. And you just strain the cashews with this blended water into a container. And it makes the creamiest, richest milk. You can do the same thing with almond milk. You can do hemp milk is actually even easier because you don't have to strain it out. So you can get some fresh hemp seeds blended in water and then the tiny little seeds kind of sink to the bottom and then you automatically have a milk there. So I would experiment with making your own. You could make oat milk. You can make your own rice milk. And that, that way, you know exactly what's going into it. It'll just be like two ingredients, water and whatever option. You can add a little salt to boost the flavor. You can add some vanilla if you want it to be on the sweet side, as well as a sweetener like dates are popular or stevia or you know maybe coconut nectar or something like that. And you get to control exactly how much of each ingredient goes in. And it can also be on the cost-effective side, depending on where you're getting these ingredients from and how much. Usually vegan milk or non-dairy beverages are, are very inexpensive. They're going to be anywhere from $2 for a container to, you know, on the pricier side, maybe $7 if we're looking at some of these higher-end brands. But I would say on average, 3 to $4 for some really good vegan milk is pretty standard. And making it yourself obviously takes time. And then buying cashews can be pricey but yeah something to know about and experiment with well I love making my own but I don't have a lot of time and so I buy it more than I make Mm it um but when I do make it it is always the best and then you can exactly like you said test and and create the best texture you want and the flavor you want you can adjust those things sometimes I add water if it's too thick or I like it thick, depending on what I'm using it for so it is really fun to experiment with so I definitely recommend that And I just want to add before we go that if you're in the store and you're overwhelmed by all the milks options, we've given you a lot to consider today, and you look at the ingredient list, there's one number one thing that you want to make sure is not on it. 
And that is, I don't know how to pronounce this correctly, but it's either carrageenan, carrageenan. Tomato, tomato. You said it well. Okay. I mean, it's one of the two. I don't know. I've never heard. I think it's carrageenan. Carrageenan. It doesn't matter. So I remember we were walking around, um, I don't even remember if I was at Expo East with you or Expo West, but, um, you know, we were trying all these different milks and I saw, I picked up the box and they're touting it as a health food. And then I immediately saw carrageenan. What was it? Carrageenan. I don't care. Mm-hmm. You know, I had to walk away from the table because I was like, how is this being promoted as a health food? We now know that this is an ingredient that causes inflammation and this is something that is added to a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of organic and vegan products, whether it's yogurt or milk or things like that. And it's an emulsifier. It's an additive. Um, mm-hmm. And it sounds okay because it comes from a seaweed. So you're like, oh, it doesn't right. sound so bad. But doctors have studied this. It does cause inflammation. And that's a big problem because we are already eating a lot of inflammation causing foods if we're not eating a perfectly organic raw vegan diet, which most people aren't. And so the more inflammation that is Chronic inflammation is obviously the root of many serious diseases like heart disease, Alzheimer's, even cancer. I'm not saying that drinking this one ingredient is going to cause cancer, but, you know, everything in moderation. If mm-hmm. carrageenan's on the label, I'm personally not going to buy it. I right. think it's one of the worst offenders and I don't want it in my body. Yes, my body will detox it out. But if I have a lot of it and from multiple sources, my body can't up with that detoxification process. This right. is also the reason that we don't drink dairy milk for the same thing. Um, it causes chronic inflammation. Obviously, it's not my mother, not my milk. You know, so oh, yeah. it's just dairy is not for us and soy is not for me and anything with carrageenan is not for me. So I just want to add that. I think that's great. And, it, you know, that comes down to education and that comes down to personal choices. And, you know, there are times where I have had non-dairy milks with carrageenan in them after I found out about that. And again, it's like right. at Starbucks, I'm not sure what's exactly in their products. You can actually look this up online and, and they'll have an ingredient list. You can also at cafes ask them to show you which milks are using. Or sometimes I'll just peek behind the counter and you'll see it like in the shelf or something just to know, just to know what you're putting in your food so that you can make the choices that you're comfortable with. And as always, taking these baby steps, if it's overwhelming to you, then, you know, carrageenan is not going to like immediately make you sick or or cause cancer. Like Allison was saying, it, it could, but it probably won't be because you had half a cup of some, some product every once in a while. And right. also keep in mind that the lower cost milks out there are usually the ones that have a lot of additives in them. The more expensive it is, that usually means the purer it is. Like I mentioned that forager company, it's like six or seven dollars for this <laughs> cashew milk, which sounds outrageous, but you look at the ingredients and from what I remember, there's like four ingredients in it or something. So there's no carrying it, there's no additives. It's in it's expensive because it doesn't last very long on the shelf. What makes a product cheap is that there's additives in it that keep it sitting there for 30 plus days. So that's very different from a product that's going to last like seven days in your refrigerator. So that's why just always looking at the ingredient list and doing your research is very important with things like this. Yes. Thank you so much, Whitney. Lindsay, I hope we answered your question. I'm glad that Whitney was here to give us all her research because this is a passion of hers. So Thank you so much, Lindsay. Um, let us know when you try your milks, what you're liking, what's working for you. All right. Thanks so much, Whitney. So our next question comes from Marlene, and she sent this through email. Susie, will you do the honors? My pleasure. Marlene asks, thank you for the episode with JJ about weight loss and behavioral change. 
It really helped me recognize some of my addictions that I was not even acknowledging were a problem. I have a few questions about her program. When does the five-month program begin? How many coaching calls with JJ will there be and what is covered on the calls? All right. Thanks, Marlene, for your question. So for this question, we reached out directly to JJ herself. So JJ, take it away. So the five-month transformation begins whenever you're ready to start it. It's a program that is an automated online video and audio with different tools on each week, depending on what that week is focused on that goes through the book. So when you sign up, you decide when you start. And if you are ready to start today, then you start today. And then your program is you get an email every week with the new recommendations, with the new video, and with what chapters to read. And you can read the book along with the program as you go along, or you can read the book first and then do the program or do both. Yeah. So it's really whenever you want to start. And the other great thing about the program is that currently the way it's set up, you can repeat it. (laughs) So (laughs) if you go through the five months and you're like, I want to do that again, there's no extra charge to repeat it. And you get a 30 minute coaching call with me once a month while you're on the program. And what that entails is whatever it is you need help with and whatever you need assistance with. In fact, if you wanted to take one of those calls and merge it with another one, let's say, or you wanted an hour on the front end and you wanted to skip maybe one of the other months, you can do that too. I'm pretty flexible because it's about supporting you. It's about making sure you're getting what you need. Now there is a community, the Invisible Fitness Academy, where other people are on that as well. And you can ask me questions all the time. It's on Facebook and I'll answer usually within 24 to 48 hours, usually within 24 hours. And you get personal attention from me all the time through that academy. But when it comes to working with me one-on-one, either on Skype or on the phone, that's your personal session that you get once a month. And that can be focused on anything you think is important. Or if you want me to help you focus on something, we can figure that out through email and then we can schedule the session. I love how customizable that is. Thank you for that. Marlene, I hope that JJ answered your questions. JJ, if any other Food Heals Nation members or Marlene have any more questions, can they shoot you a quick email? Sure. You can reach me at info at invisiblefitness.com. And invisible fitness is spelled with all I's, I-N-V-I-S-I-B-L-E, fitness.com. Perfect. Thank you so much, JJ. We're so excited for JJ's five-month transformational program, which will also help you become the healthiest, the happiest, the hottest person you know. (laughs) We're just going to keep using it. What was it? You said triple H. The triple H. (laughs) So if you want to become the triple H, we want to remind you that there are less than two weeks left to sign up for JJ's transformational program, where you're going to get one-on-one monthly coaching calls with JJ. This will help you reach your health, fitness, and weight loss goals, Food Heals Nation, You'll also get new videos each week. You'll get a membership to the Invisible Fitness Academy with a community and accountability partners. You're going to get copies of our two best-selling books plus our bonuses. Check out everything at foodhealsnation.com slash JJ. We'll go through the bonuses at the end of the episode. And I just want to let Food Heals Nation know that with the eclipse that just happened, mm-hmm. um, astrologically, that was like a great reset button for the universe yes and it was very potent i don't know how many people felt affected by it i certainly did and i I read a lot about it and it's a giant reset so if you're feeling like you need some guidance to get your body into shape to get it to where you feel your healthiest happiest hottest self um, her program (laughs) is great this is a great time to do that we should make a new show called the triple h factor like triple h H. yeah triple h like the triple triple, what is it triple triple threat when you when you're good at acting singing and something else dancing (laughs) triple h healthy happy and hot okay (laughs) let's get back let's get back to our tips (laughs) 
We're having way too much fun in this episode. Is there such a thing as having too much fun? Well, my dad always said his biggest quote was, are we having fun yet? So we'd be on a road trip or we'd be doing something mundane. He'd be like, are we having fun yet? And then everyone would just laugh and it lightened the mood if you were stuck in traffic or unhappy. I think we are. I think we're definitely having fun. I always have fun. This is one of my passions. Then when they say, when we said earlier, do what you love every day, this is one of the things that I love to do. And I hope Susie loves to do it too. I do. All right. Next tip. (laughs) What's okay. your what's your next tip for becoming a triple H? To becoming a triple H, you want to eat high vibe, energizing foods. And when I say energizing, that does not mean caffeine. So you have you ever noticed how sometimes after you eat, you completely like zone out, you become tired, and you lose all productivity, all momentum, and then you need sugar or coffee to come out of that? Yes. Okay. I bet a lot of people can relate. I've certainly felt that way. And I had to learn how to stop that cycle because it was literally it would ruin my day, you know. And so this is a terrible cycle to be in. And it's because our body now has to use all of its energy for digestion. So that already takes energy out of us. But on top of that, if you ate fast food or unhealthy food, or if you overate, ate like way too many calories in one sitting, it's going to exponentially add to your exhaustion, your fatigue, you know, that feeling of like, oh, I can't get through my day, whether you're in an office at work or whether you're at home and you have, you know, whatever responsibilities you need to fulfill that day. You can't get through it because you ate too much food, you ate poor food, and now you're in that slump and you think only coffee or sugar is going to get you out of it, right? Yeah. So this is going to cause like all this undue stress on our bodies. It can lead to adrenal fatigue, you know, if we keep up those patterns for long periods of our lives. So The way that I heal this for myself and the way that I recommend healing it to become hot, healthy, and happy is to eat high-vibe energy foods, which will give you more energy, give you more time to get your work done, and so you can play more, spend more time with your family, whatever your goals are. So let's go through some examples of high-vibe foods. And Susie, feel free to add to my list. But like, I always do snacks. So a high-vibe food snack would be like a banana with a scoop of nut butter, or veggies dipped in tahini dressing. These are all cheap, easy, quick to make. You know, I don't like anything complicated. Um, Tahini is like the sesame seed paste, and it's like so delicious. You can dip almost anything in it, like crackers or avocado, or I make soups with it. You can dip veggies in it. Um, I also do a raw avocado, and I spray liquid aminos on it. It's just a really nice kind of Asian-y flavor. It's so delicious. And of course, You can always make a smoothie. I always make smoothies if it's in the morning, if it's in the afternoon. You know, put your fruits, your veggies, your ice, put water or nut milk, blend it until smooth. It is a really high vibe way to keep your body energized without that that slump. You can also add energizing supplements like green powders, maca, chia seeds, you know, to give it a boost. I also make a lot of raw soups where I just literally blend veggies and spices with water and make some like delicious, nutritious soups in the blender. It's really easy once you start. You just start making combinations and figuring out what works for you. And that's like a really easy way to get nutrient-dense food into your body that won't cause the slump. It'll just give you energy. But I also have a sweet tooth. So one thing I do is I do cacao, which is highly energizing. It offers magnesium, chromium. It provides energy. It balances your blood sugar. And it also has a lot of iron, which gives oxygen to your cells. So you can put cacao powder in a smoothie or top a smoothie bowl with cacao nibs. Or you can find a good chocolate bar with cacao that literally like melts in your mouth. Uh, you can make chocolate mousse with avocado and cacao. There's so many recipes. And I've always made a delicious uh, chia pudding recipe 
with, you know, chia seeds, you hydrate them with coconut milk or soy milk or any kind of nut milk. And then you add your cacao and a touch of sugar if you want or honey or agave or monk fruit and it's yummy and i'm using xylitol as my sugar replacement that jay and joy recommended the jingslingers and i think it's delicious yeah xylitol is the the hip new thing it's actually um i'm actually gonna uh, mention it in my tooth powder recipe yes that's what's coming up next so our next question comes from our facebook group and it's for you Susie. so Katie asked, and I know you already responded, but in case anyone is not in our Facebook group and they want to hear the recipe, we're just going to remind them. So she says, does anyone have Susie's tooth powder recipe? And I replied and I go, EcoDent, because that's what I buy. And you recommended that to me in one of the Mm -hmm. first episodes. But Mm -hmm. I forgot that you had given a recipe. So she's like, well, I want the recipe. So, you know, yeah, uh, totally. So I did respond in the Facebook group. And I have to mention that this recipe is continuing to evolve because the one that I originally mentioned, oh, God, over probably 150 episodes ago (laughs) uh, has, has morphed, has shifted because I've improved upon it. And truth be told, you know, I buy Echo. I love it. I think it tastes great and it's effective. You know, it's baking soda tooth powder. You can find it in Whole Foods. Um, You can find it in any natural food store. Vitamin Shop has it. You can find it online on Amazon. Mm -hmm. I love it. I bought one bottle, lasts me like six months, but I am being very active in the kitchen and I've been playing around with my tooth, uh, tooth powder recipe. And this is super easy to make, it's super cheap. And you can kind of custom tailor it to yourself. So mm-hmm. uh, we're going to start with half a cup of baking soda. And that's the main ingredient. Baking soda works to clean your teeth. It's a very mild, mild abrasive. It's a very gentle way to physically clean your teeth with your toothbrush. But then the really important part about it is that it makes your mouth alkaline. And bacteria, which cause cavities, cannot grow in an alkaline environment. They cannot create cavities. It also enables... And so what that does is kind of neutralizes the acids in your mouth and gives your body a chance, it gives your mouth a chance to remineralize your teeth if you have enough calcium in your body. Actually, if you have enough calcium in your saliva, that is how your teeth remineralize. So you're going to add three tablespoons of calcium carbonate powder, and this is mm-hmm. not something I had in the last recipe, to the baking soda. Now, if you don't need fanciness, that's enough. That's enough to clean your teeth and remineralize at the same time. Now, mm-hmm. most people like, uh, especially if you're, if you're switching over from standard commercial toothpaste, which I hope you are going to get rid of that, <laughs> yes, <laughs> to, please. to a natural tooth powder, you can totally fancy it up and make it taste a lot better. But you can start with that. That's, that's the simple recipe. Half a cup of baking soda, three tablespoons calcium carbonate, whisk that up. You're going to put it in a glass container. Now, you're going to wet your toothbrush. And sprinkle the powder on. You can put yeah. the, um, you can get a you know specific container for this. Because if you can dip it in, it's not going to ruin it. Um, but what it's going to do is create clumps in your baking soda uh, powder. So that next, mm-hmm. you know, eventually going to have one big clump because you're introducing a little bit of water in there. It's totally fine. But just for ease, you want to sprinkle it onto the toothbrush. Either put it in a little spice jar or a little pourable jar. And that's the basic recipe. To get fancier, you're going to uh, take one-eighth of a cup Himalayan salt, whirled down to a very fine powder, and this actually is going to tighten your gums, and it's also antimicrobial. It's going to help kill the bacteria. It's going to help that envi- keeping that environment in a very cavity-free zone. And then beyond that, you can add flavoring. Now, you can add 10 to 20 drops of the essential oil of your choice. 
uh, ones I, I recommend Young Living. The, you want a therapeutic grade. You don't want something that's been cut with like a, a, a filler oil. You can use peppermint or spearmint. You can use cinnamon, lemon, orange, grapefruit, clove. Uh, clove is great if you have any kind of pain in your teeth. And you can combine these. You can do a peppermint lemon or you can do a cinnamon grapefruit. You know, you can get super fancy. Yum. <laughs> now, here's something else I just discovered. You can also, you can use the essential oils by themselves or you can use them in conjunction with a dried herb of your choice, such as mint. I just, I had some extra uh, peppermint that dried out on me. I bought it at the farmer's market and I just totally chopped it up. You can also put it in your little spice grinder or your blender to make it very, very fine. You can use sage. Uh, you can use parsley. Any of these are just going to help bring a more mm, natural earthiness to uh, <laughs> to your tooth powder. Um, <laughs> you can also use lavender. You can get, you know, you can get a little bit experimental on this. And then, like Ali said, if you want sweetness in your tooth powder, use xylitol. Xylitol is actually good for your teeth. Uh, I know, which is crazy because it looks like sugar mm -hmm. and it tastes like sugar, but it's mm -hmm. good for your teeth. It's, it's actually your mouth. also antimicrobial. It also kills bacteria. So you can add up to a tablespoon. And like I said, this is not a perfect recipe. So if you're going to experiment here, you can just add a little bit, taste it. If you want more, you can always add more. You just can't take it away. Oh, I didn't say how much. You can put like a tablespoon of these dried herbs chopped up. If, if you add the xylitol, it will be sweet, but it's still going to have sort of a saltiness to it. And that's just the way baking soda by itself is very salty. So that's why mm -hmm. we don't use quite as much salt. And then beyond that, and I could talk about this forever. You guys know how I love teeth. <laughs> uh, make sure you floss. That's very important. And if you have any kind of gum recession, my uh, recipe for gum recession is to get yourself some comfrey root. And you can order this online. Make sure you're getting it from a natural kind of bulk herb store, whether that be you know, storefront or online, comfrey root, you're going to make a tea from this. You're not going to swallow it. I repeat, I do not want to get emails. Do not swallow this. This is for a, <laughs> this is for a mouthwash. If you look up comfrey root, you're not supposed to ingest it. But as a mouthwash, it actually, if you brew a tea, it will help regrow your gums. And I have done this. That is what the one step. And then the second step Gums need vitamin C. You guys know how much I love vitamin C. But <laughs> you should be taking it internally. But to help heal your gums, you can get calcium ascorbate powder. And that's spelled A-S-C-O-R-B-A-T-E. What this is, is vitamin C that has been buffered with calcium. If you took regular vitamin C crystals and put them on your gums, it's not good for your teeth because that can be actually quite acidic. So you want to get something that's buffered with calcium. It won't harm your teeth. You use that. You wet your finger, dip it into the calcium ascorbate, pat it onto your gums, and let it sit there for as long as you can stand it, you know, a few minutes at a time. These two things together will help regrow your teeth. You will not need gum planing. You will not need surgery to kind of scar, scar your gums. This actually brings your gums back into a position where they should be, and it helps tighten them, and it's lovely. So and That's amazing. <laughs> and you won't need unnecessary tooth surgery. That can be extremely costly, extremely painful, and totally unnecessary in so many cases. Yeah. You know, I had to do a lot of research about this when I got super passionate about teeth because I didn't understand mm -hmm. why the dental industry is still stuck in the Middle Ages. Like, I don't understand if your gums are receding, how they're going to cut into them. That doesn't help them grow back. These are right. two very simple steps that will actually help heal your, your gums and your teeth are also very, very tied to your nutrition. Um, people mm -hmm. get bleeding gums and 
well, from not brushing and flossing, but also scurvy would affect your gums because you don't have enough vitamin C. That's mm-hmm. from pirate times. Most people don't have scurvy anymore, but very tied to your nutrition. Your body will pull calcium out of your teeth first if it needs it for muscle function or nerve function before it'll pull it out of your bones because your, your body is always thinking, what can I lose that's extraneous? Well, your hair, your skin, your nails, your teeth, those are kind of on the outside. So it will pull nutrients from your teeth if it doesn't have enough of them. How do you fix this? You take them internally, you take supplements, you make sure you're getting organic fruits and veggies into your diet and then Mm -hmm. supplement if you need to. And then these are some things that you can just maintain. And just to um, follow up on this, if anyone is still using conventional toothpaste, I don't want to scare you, but I just want to educate you why you should use this type of Um, toothpaste, you should either make your own with Susie's recipe or look into an eco-dent type of natural toothpaste because, you know, there are chemicals and toxic ingredients in our traditional toothpaste that are sold at the drugstore. So there's something called triclosan, which is an ingredient that is, you know, they sell it as it's antibacterial, right? But guess what? It comes at a steep price because this chemical has been linked to antibiotic resistance and endocrine disruption. So that's one ingredient that you don't want in your toothpaste. But unfortunately, it's in a lot of regular toothpaste brands that you see advertised all the time. There's also sodium lauryl sulfate, which I think everyone knows, you know, you got to get that out of your shampoos, you got to get it out of your home products and everything like that. There's artificial sweeteners like aspartame. And if you don't know about aspartame, look it up because we don't have time. We would have to do a whole nother episode <laughs> to tell you we don't how toxic. to tell you. how toxic these ingredients are but just do your research and you know know that Susie has done so much research on this Susie's taught me so much about this and yeah and like once you here's the thing is that we're taught that these are the things you need to use if you look back at the history of tooth care turn of the century this they use baking soda you know that's all they needed Mm -hmm. um there's a, a world over there's a lot of other things neem oil in India there's a lot of different ways to take care of your teeth but these chemical laden pastes that foam up really nice and taste very minty are just basically chemical detergents. The foaming action does nothing. Uh, When you brush your teeth with these things, the only way you're removing plaque is by physically brushing it off with your brush. So you could actually use water. Uh, The mintiness, yeah, it's great. You can find a natural mintiness. You can use essential oils or chopped up herbs. They're kind of lying to us. They're just, it's not a great way to, it's not a great way to clean your teeth. And you're, you're putting it into your mouth which absorbs these chemicals into your bloodstream, and you don't need these chemicals. Agreed. So. And another thing that comes out of it, you know, we're talking about the Triple H, how to become hot, healthy, and what was the other one? Happy. happy. And it's like dental health is so important because you want to stay out of pain. You want your teeth to look pretty when you smile. We're all taking selfies all day. This is going to help you with all of that. And one of the things that I remember Dan saying uh, a few years ago when we switched over to the EcoDent, he said his mouth has never felt so clean. Because when you switch from a typical toothpaste to an EcoDent or to a baking soda-based tooth powder toothpaste, your mouth is so much cleaner. You feel it. You're going to feel it. So test it, Food Heals Nation. Tell us. how Does it feel cleaner? How's it doing for you? Let us know. Can you tell I'm obsessed, Food Heals Nation? I, a little bit. I can tell. A little, little bit. bit. But- but I have become too. So your obsession is rubbing off. And I think it's rubbing off on Food Heals Nation too, because we've gotten questions about this so many times. So we'll keep talking about it. We'll keep addressing it until everyone is there and everyone's tried it. So and thank I'll come you out for with the- a, uh, a paste recipe as well. It's super easy. You just take the recipe that I just gave you and you add coconut oil. Boom. Yes. Paste. All right. So that's all for the Q&A for today. And my last tip for being the triple H factor is to forgive 
and be grateful. And Susie and I talked about this earlier, but it's so important. So you're working on your teeth, you're working on yourself, you're doing all of these things. But when we hold anger or judgment against another person, this is only hurting ourselves, right? So it's not hurting the other person, it's hurting us. To truly be free and experience pure happiness, like Susie's tip earlier, we have to forgive others for the perceived wrongs and instead send them love. So like Marianne Williams said, one of my favorite um, you know, spiritual teachers says, if I choose to bless another person, I will always end up feeling more blessed. And so bless others, bless yourself. It doesn't have to be religious if you're not into that. It's just all about being a loving human being to yourself, to others, and emanating that light and being grateful. And we have to forgive ourselves sometimes of all of the judgments we've held against ourselves for not being good enough or for not being smart enough, for not being pretty enough, whatever it is, that those lies that we tell ourselves on a regular basis, it's time to let those go. And this Food Heals Nation is really where true freedom lies. Alia can agree more. When we hold on to anger, they say it's like holding on to a hot coal. People think that like when they hold on to grudges or anger that they're doing it because the other person wronged them. But right. at the end of the day, you're just, you're just hurting yourself. Right. And that doesn't mean if someone's really hurt you that you have to have them in your life. But you don't have to hold on to the anger or the, the judgment or the whatever negativity that caused in your body. And I love this Mahatma Gandhi quote. You know I'm all about the quotes. But the weak can never forgive. Forgiveness is an attribute of the strong. And so when you're holding on to anger and judgment and all of these things, we're in weakness. We're vibrating at a low, low frequency. So we want to vibrate at a high frequency with the foods we eat, with the exercise we choose, with choosing to be happy, with brushing our teeth properly, with all of the things, with butt lifts, whatever it is, all of the things we've talked about today, right? They're all contributing to this high vibration. So don't let anger and judgment and unforgiving of others and holding on to the past keep you from being at that high vibration. And look, I understand forgiveness isn't easy and it may not happen on day one when someone has done something that you consider abhorrent or wrong or unforgivable. It will take time. I am 100% on board with that. And it's okay to take your time and to be gentle with yourself. But what I'm talking about are these lifelong grudges that people are holding, sometimes against other people, sometimes against outside circumstances, sometimes against God or religion or whatever they grew up believing, sometimes against parents, siblings, friends, what have you. And that is toxic to our bodies. So when we're talking about choosing happiness every day, well, how can I choose happiness every day when I'm holding on to this grudge or this anger against someone else? And so it's all about letting go, forgiving, choosing happiness, vibrating at that high frequency, being in gratitude. And so that's what really today is all about. We're talking about the triple H, healthy, happy, hot. And the truth is, is that you'll get all of those things, everything you want. You'll manifest. I know Susie and I are doing an episode on manifestation. You'll get what you want. You will feel the way that you want to feel. You'll vibrate at a high frequency if you do some of the things we talked about today. And if you can't get there, if you're not feeling it, like I said, practice gratitude. Zig Ziglar says, gratitude is the healthiest of all human emotions. The more you express gratitude for what you have, the more likely you will have even more to express gratitude for. 
So I love that quote. And um, that's like that's hope- that's the secret. That's the art of manifesting, it right? It's the like, secret. That's what everybody says. It's what Abraham Hicks says. You know, you have to be appreciative. It'll and then more comes to you. Yes, and I have the Law of Attraction book by Jerry and Esther Hicks sitting you right just in did, front of me. You just did an Oprah impersonation. <laughs> I know the secret. <laughs> that was the best episode ever. It was I a long know. time. But yeah, so Food Heals Nation, I hope that you enjoyed this episode answering your questions about how to get healthy and hot and happy. The Triple Triple H. H. We're going to have to make a new show on the Triple H. (laughs) But let's end on JJ's special offer for Food Heals Nation. We told you about it earlier, so we're going to tell you all the perks you're going to get. It's her Invisible Fitness Formula Transformation. And we have a video that she made us that's going to play us out. So go to foodhealsnation.com slash JJ to learn more. Roll Roll it, Roxy. Roxy. Hi, I'm JJ Flazanes, and I am the author of The Invisible Fitness Formula, Five Secrets to Release Weight and End Body Shame. So how is this book different? I'm sure if you've been on programs, whether it be detoxes, exercise programs, maybe there was calorie counting and exercise logging and uh, weighing yourself and looking at the scale and this constant attention to sort of the, just the top level surface stuff of the fitness industry, right? Well, I'm a little bit of a different kind of trainer. I believe in the science of the body, which I absolutely support. And in the Invisible Fitness Formula, we do no calorie counting. We do no exercise tracking and logging over time. And we look at what's at the root of some of the food issues that we have. What medical and biological and biochemical things are we missing that people just continually look over because we're counting calories? What part of your food is actually creating cravings for you and and causing inflammation and bloating and digestive stress and not allowing you to eliminate and release the things that you don't need to hold on to anymore. We take a medical approach when it comes to the food that I'm going to say is is a new thing out there when it comes to just the food. So like I said, there's no calorie counting. This is not about restriction. It's about understanding and learning what food supports your body, how it affects you internally, how you can test that to see Maybe you have a lot of inflammation you didn't even know about. Maybe you are missing the good bacteria in your gut to digest your food to eliminate it. Maybe you have bloating, constipation, and gas, and irritable bowel syndrome that you haven't even realized is stopping you from releasing that weight that you try so hard to get rid of. Then we look at smart exercise and hormones. We take the first three secrets are very medical. But then we do something radically, drastically different. The Invisible Fitness Formula looks at the psychology, your heart, and your soul of everything that you do. It's a highly psychological book on on the latter end, because without that, how can you address changing your lifestyle if you're not changing your beliefs, if you're not addressing how you handle stress, if you're not addressing what you think about and how you process emotions? So without the emotional and psychological piece, your medical and effort, your willpower efforts in the first three secrets might just go to waste. So we have the top level behavior and we also have the foundational meat and potatoes of what it is that underneath the surface drives every choice you make. 
the Invisible Fitness formula is a complete package and it's probably different than anything out there that you've ever been introduced to. So go to foodhealsnation.com slash JJ to learn more about the Invisible Fitness formula transformation. See you next time, Food Heals Nation. Bye-bye. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, developing a more positive outlook on life. In rare cases, women have experienced a strong desire to stop asking their boyfriends if they look fat in this dress. If you experience any of these symptoms, post a selfie to Instagram immediately. 